Warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 63rd episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion, and this week we decided to make, uh, what is it, Corona, Corona Whiskey, whiskey sour. Sours? Yeah. yeah. It's basically a Whiskey Sour with Corona on it, is all it yeah, is. Yeah, topped with Corona. Well, we and we use the Corona Premier. Yeah, we use the Corona Premier Low Carb, and we use, use the Light Sweet and Sour Mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh-huh. once again. Right, I mean, because you top it off with Corona, so right now all I'm really tasting is I the Corona. I mixed it. I used the really? spoon, yeah. I, that's all I'm tasting well, is. it's got four ounces of bourbon. Oh, wow. In it. Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a so lot. So we maybe I mean, bugged I, I, I put the, it's over halfway filled with the bourbon Oh, and, and then and just sour. topped it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Gee. Um, so, this week, we, we actually got some, one of our listeners um, wrote us and told us something that we thought that would be a really good topic of discussion. Should we do the... Maybe we should do the, the dumbass, dumbass post, post of the week, week first. first. Yeah. And before we get into the intro. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. The dumbass post of the week was, uh, we may fight, but somehow we'll make it work. Yeah. You know, we, we've talked about that on here, about your relationship shouldn't be one that you make it work. Um, that goes against what we say when it should be effortless mm-hmm. by implying that it takes work. Yeah. Especially if you're throwing arguing in there. Once again, it's just that that standard norm that everybody accepts. I know. That it's, oh, well, we're at each other's throats, but somehow we make it work. Yeah, I we know. Just, we take it day by day, and we make it work. Uh-huh. I don't, well, and if you're, like, new in a relationship, and you find yourself already fighting with the person, mm-hmm. and but and you say something stupid like this... You're you're just an idiot when you can just get out yeah, and just get out of that relationship. Yeah. Find one that doesn't take that amount of work. Uh huh. And no no fighting. Yeah. It's it's possible, people. <laughs> um. So yeah. So like I said, we had a listener um, write us. They messaged us and we're like, Hey, um, we I I I found myself in a position where my wife and I are. Just roommates. Mm-hmm. And we we really thought that it was a good topic of discussion because a lot of us go through that. Well, they, they've been married over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say when the roommate Things moved like, in. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Like when it when Yeah, it when, when did that really happened. start? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, like, like you said, this is very, very common. Mm-hmm. Um, this happens in a lot of relationships, mm-hmm. especially over time. I, I think that sometimes it's it's relative. I think sometimes the roommate thing can happen within the first few years. Yeah. Um, I, I think sometimes the roommate thing happens before couples get married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think you're so too. a real dumbass if <laughs> if you go you are already roommates it. before you're married and you still decide to get married. Uh-huh. Um, but 
you know, I, I think that it's it's a common enough issue where when we got that, it was like, you know, this is yeah. Why haven't we done? Yeah, why an haven't we talked about that? this before? We've both been through it. Yeah, that's how my last relationship was. I had a roommate for ten years of my twelve year marriage. Uh-huh. You know, and and you've been there as well. So it's something that you see a lot of a lot of unhappy couples go through. I know. Yeah. So yeah, we um, we wanted to. Just kind of talk about it. And, and it's really, it's something that we all just accept. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, because it's the norm, yeah. because a lot of people go through it, everyone accepts that, oh, we're just roommates. And mm-hmm. and everyone thinks it's okay. or yeah. Well, th- well they, they don't think it's okay. They know that it's not they okay. They accept it. But, yeah. They, they accept it and they dismiss it mm-hmm. yes. to where it's... Well, this is just what happens over time. Uh-huh. Or because they know other couples that are living that same life, they they use the normality as the justification as to why it's okay to stay like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can taste the whiskey now. Is it getting there now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do not like the aftertaste. I don't know. I think at first I didn't like the aftertaste. <laughs> when I do that, I can taste it. What? Why would you do that? <laughs> what? You're a dork. No, that's, that's what that's what happened. I could, I could... <laughs> no. No. Oh, okay. No. Um. But so, like, well, we were trying to think of of different things that when you know when does it happen? How, when yeah. does it start? How how did you how it doesn't happen? Like no, my hands are wet. I, could, I, I snapped for those listening. You just couldn't hear it. <laughs> Dang it, it's it's weak. There we go. But yeah, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It there's there are things that lead to this. I mean, it's like we've talked about with other negative aspects about relationships. N- nothing happens overnight. Mm-hmm. There are there are warning signs. There are red flags. There mm-hmm. are slowly and steady progressions to get to these points of. When I say dysfunctional, I, I think people. I say dysfunctional dysfunctional because my definition of your relationship is dysfunctional mm-hmm. because I feel that my relationship is very functional. Right. But a lot of times when you say dysfunctional, people are people get very offended. Uh-huh. And listen to last week's episode, pussy. But <laughs> but I don't I don't mean it I think the way that some people take that. Uh-huh. That well we're not dysfunctional because I think when you say dysfunctional, people think it's all kinds of problems. Uh-huh. Like we, we, we can't function as a unit. We can't. Well, really, you just have one of your gears is off. But this gear in this machine you call relationship is a big gear mm-hmm. in this case, right? Um, but so what? Yeah, what? Why and how does it happen? Mm-hmm. How how do you? Because I think that it's one of those things. You're just like, how did we get here? Yes. Uh huh. And by the time you realize it, mm-hmm. it's like too late. And you just find yourself hoping to get some sort of spark back. Yeah, you know. I mean, and, and that—that's. And I think the spark is is a good term because people, when that spark goes out, people. And I, I use the word hopeful a lot, but that's how people are just like, well, I sure hope the spark comes back. Mm-hmm. But you're not. You're very passive. People are very passive about doing that, or they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself once that spark is gone second guessing like even your own judgment on how can i get the spark back mm-hmm. maybe 
maybe if I try something sexy or fun, but then you you kind of feel like almost self conscious and insecure. Well, about and, and trying to get the spark because you're you're just you're like they're to, not going to be into it. Well, that and you almost feel like you're forcing right, forcing something to happen, mm-hmm. and you don't know if your partner is going to reciprocate. Right. Well, I I, I mean, when we then we'll back up for a second. When we say that, and when this person reached out to us and said we are just roommates now, the context behind that, and as the discussion goes on, is for those of you that don't understand this. It means you just aren't intimate at all. Mm-hmm. The sex is gone. The sex is very, very rare. Um, it's not happening very often or at all. Mm-hmm. And you are living with someone who you still love and who you still care about and who you don't want to not be with, mm-hmm. but the intimacy is completely gone. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I think the, like with you saying the intimacy, I think that it, it starts. Even before the actual sex is gone. Yes. Yeah. And, and I figured we'd get into that. Yeah. But it's, I think that just kind of clarifying that this uh-huh. is, this is what the terminology around you've just become roommates really means. Right. You're not having sex anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's like, well, how did we get here? What happened? Were there things along the line I could have spotted? So for, for people in relationships that may fear that this could happen... Or they think, hey, this might be starting because our our sex regularity has slowed down mm-hmm. or it seems like it's slowing down or my partner doesn't seem to be into it or, or things like that. I think that's where let's look at mm-hmm. what some of those, I don't know if I'd say warning signs, but some of the things that you tend to see. Yeah. Oh, I got the hiccups now. <laughs> Oh my gosh! If you guys could see, if you're you're on YouTube, so it'll be pretty entertaining watching Seth do that. But that's <laughs> funny. Trying to get that nasty aftertaste. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think that it starts with not not being intimate at all, not holding hands, not kissing There's each no other. PDA. Yeah, your, your PDA is gone. Mm-hmm. The physical touch. On every level, it, is, it starts to go away. And I think that, you know, holding hands stops. The um, sitting on the couch, I'm going to throw my leg over your leg while I'm laying here. Or, or the, yeah. the impromptu little massage rubs or, or any type of physical touch starts to kind of go away. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you just aren't physically showing that level of intimacy or, or you know, even attraction to your partner. And on the person that wants that and isn't getting it, it's a huge self-confidence destroyer. Oh, yeah. You feel completely insecure. You feel completely unattractive. You don't know what to do. And maybe that's sometimes what it is, uh-huh. but it doesn't mean it doesn't change how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um and so sometimes you're kind of lost, like, well, what, what do I, you know, why don't they want to hold my hand anymore? Why do they, you know, pull away whenever I'm, I try to put my arm around them or, or any type of affection, mm-hmm. physical affection at all? Yeah, I know. Well, and you know what I was just thinking of is, uh, you, you start to like, well, I mean, I, I think especially for girls, but you start to not care, like 
what you look like and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I went through that. I know, well, part of, like, when I was going through it, my ex, like, told me not to wear makeup. Like, oh, you look so much prettier without makeup. I'm like, okay, sure. But then I, I listened, and I was like, oh, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, and just kind of stopped caring and and didn't want to take care of myself. And then when you don't feel good about yourself, mm-hmm. what, you know, you're, I think that it, it's a big thing, <laughs> like you feel actually feeling good about yourself because it shows your partner that you care and that you want to, <clears throat> to look good for them mm-hmm. and stuff too. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remember, we, we saw that, that guy, that, that counselor made that statement about putting that new vow into your weddings about I you know one of the vows in your wedding should be I promise I promise to take care of myself at a level where I will grow old with you with grace and dignity and health. Yeah. Uh-huh. And think about that. And whether you want to spin that as superficial or fitness or health, feel free. But that that type of statement is I I promise to my partner when we get married that I will take care of myself so that I age with dignity, grace, and keep my health intact. Mm-hmm. Well, not only and that, that, that takes work. It well, it does take work, but I think like it goes, it goes beyond just you know your partner. It I think that it's very important anyway. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, if you get married and you have kids and everything, and you show your kids that this is how, you know, mommy and daddy take care of right ourselves and each other mm-hmm. and it not only you know not only are you being healthy for your kids to stay alive longer mm-hmm. even but you're showing them good good uh i don't know <laughs> what's the word good habits good and, yeah, yeah yeah exactly that's you're giving a good example of what that should look like yes yeah uh-huh yeah well but i i think that that I th- and I think that this is where people are going to hear two sides of this. You were the one that started the uncoupling. Mm-hmm. I was the one that got uncoupled. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I I was trying to figure out, like, what do I do to get her to show physical attraction? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the gym more. Maybe I need to eat healthier. Maybe I need to... You know, I'm going to make sure that I don't do anything or represent myself in any light that would make me unattractive. But you see the partner, I'm not saying you did all of this, but you sometimes see the partner that is wanting to create that distance start to kind of do... Start to make them make, make themselves, themselves unattractive. more unattractive. Yeah. They start to maybe get a little more gross uh-huh. with just their manners and... And, you know, burping and farting in front of you or leaving uh-huh. the door open when they're taking a shit, uh-huh. you know, or <laughs> or stuff like that, you know. And it's just kind of like almost trying to mm-hmm. keep you turned off. Mm-hmm. And it works. <laughs> but it's it's almost kind of like, we're not going to talk about this. I'm just going to be as gross as possible so you aren't attracted to me. Uh-huh. But then you see them do that around you. But then when they go out with the girls, uh-huh. or they go out to work, or whatever, then they 
you know, they dress to the nines and look super presentable and hot yeah. and cute and fun and, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. What, why do I get, you know, this version here? Well, because you're their roommate now. Yeah, because uh-huh. you're roommates. Uh-huh. They're, they're no longer trying to impress you, impress you court you, uh-huh. attract you at all. Yeah. Which is really telling you that your level, they are more concerned with what other people think and look at them in that light than they are with you. Mm-hmm. And that's also hurtful. Yeah. You obviously don't care what I think, but you are going above and beyond to show and prove that you do care about what your coworkers think, what your girlfriends think, what the cashier at the grocery store thinks, whatever mm-hmm. it is you're doing outside of being with me to make yourself as attractive as possible. You care more about that feedback. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I've seen true. it on social. I've seen these girls on social media. Husband's at work or whatever. He's not with them. She puts on a cute little dress, fixes her hair, puts her makeup on, looks all cute, takes some selfies. And before he gets home, she's taking it all off and back in her sweats. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you doing? Keep keep the cuteness going. Yeah, I know. Like, what does that say to your partner, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I know that... Your partner is probably like, well, why can't you do that yeah. all the time or for me? Mm-hmm. You, we always say to bring your best version of yourself. Well, uh, and some, of, some of these girls are at a disadvantage because that stupid ass multi-filter crap they use on their pictures they oh, can't carry gosh. around on their face all the time. <laughs> so I don't know who you're trying to fool. Apparently everybody. <laughs> when your nose disappears, <laughs> oh, lay off the filters. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's it's an epidemic at this point with these girls and these <laughs> stupid filters. Yeah. I'm like, who is that? I mean, there's this one girl that I went to high school with that she'll take a selfie with her husband and he's unrecognizable. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what the heck? He has no eyebrows or nose or eyelashes. You've used so many light filters to hide your leather-ass skin <laughs> oh that you've gosh. made your husband's face disappear. <laughs> what are you doing? Turn the filters off. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I'm run done with it over. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but so well, one thing that we really wanted to bring up too about this the roommate thing is like we we've had I don't know maybe not necessarily an, an episode about it but we always were really big on being compatible mm-hmm. with oh, each no, other. We did. It was one of our very do? early episodes. Did we? Yeah, about how opposites remember. don't attract. It was all about compatibility. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, duh. It was one of our like first, like third, yeah, it was our like first the third, three or four episodes. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, compatibility is huge, mm-hmm. and you need to have enough in common with your partner because eventually, those your incompatibilities are gonna play a big factor in your relationship later on what do you think about those couples that have gone through this or are going through this or at that roommate phase where they do have a lot lot in common common, but they're like buddies yeah and they just yeah they're just friends they're just best friends they yeah they they are really just best friends they like Mm -hmm. i said at the beginning they love each other Mm-hmm. They spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. They have the same interests. Maybe they go to the same concerts. They like the same hobbies. They um, still go out and enjoy time with their groups of friends. And go. They don't really... Eh, some of them still lead the separate life thing on the side. Mm-hmm. But some don't. Right. And all intents and purposes and on paper, 
into the exterior, outside looking in, Uh you're like, oh, they're a great couple. Yeah. They have a lot in common. They do everything together, but you know that there's no... And then you start finding out that, oh, they don't sleep in the same bed. They don't sleep in the same room. Yeah, I know. Um, They haven't had sex in a while. They are are best friend roommates. Mm Mm-hmm. And they still have a lot in common. So they have compatibility for a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but... The biggest piece is the sexual compatibility yeah. that's missing. I mean, yeah, I think that with me and my ex, like, we went through that. I mean, I like to, I say a lot that, you know, he was, you know, just a drug addict and alcoholic or whatever. But, like, and that we didn't have a lot in common, but we still had enough in common to where we did go out and have fun and we mm-hmm. were. And that's why other people, when we did break up, were like, oh, well, you guys were, you know, a great couple and this and that. And, but yeah, I mean, the intimacy, intimacy wasn't, wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, well, I mean, it's easy for me to identify the, what the warning (laughs) signs were because, because he was a, a addict. Mm Mm-hmm. But, um, well, that, that I think kind of covers the, or talks about the, the wounds not healing. Oh, his addiction yeah. created a wound in the relationship and that caused resentment and that caused resentment mm-hmm. and separation. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at those now, you can have, you know, big wounds like mm-hmm. somebody cheating. Oh yeah. And then I would maybe put addiction in that same type of, oh. of bucket because that's something well, that... Well, because you can't trust them. Yeah, it mm-hmm. becomes a big trust issue. Mm-hmm. A lot of other smaller wounds may not really involve trust, but those smaller wounds could still be, um, you know, arguing, fighting. Uh, or an argument that that they... Got they, way too personal. Yeah, and, and then you just can't get past it. Yeah, type something thing. was said that you can't take back. Yeah. And and it, you know, and maybe it was, you know, something you did passively but showed, you know, was very inconsiderate to your partner. Mm-hmm. And you just are blind and dumb and don't realize that you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are those type of wounds that take a little time to heal and can kick this off. Yeah. I and know. if somebody's preoccupied with trying to forgive you for what you've done, wanting, excuse me, to be intimate with you is the last thing on their mind. Yes. And I think that that's, that's perfectly said, like how, how it was for me and mm-hmm. my old relationship, because it was, it was a wound that couldn't, I couldn't heal. Right. I couldn't, you know, I kept, I kept trying to put a bandaid on it mm-hmm. and you take the bandaid off and it's still there. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, it. It's hard to get through that, mm-hmm. and obviously didn't work for me. <laughs> well, and but then there's still the other side of like the situation I was in. I didn't know what was wrong. Yeah, I didn't know what was wrong. It mm-hmm. was there. There was I don't even know if you would call it a wound. There hadn't been a trust issue with with, with her with me anyway. There hadn't been you know a fight that happened where I said anything that was. She could have been yeah. resentful for, but she, well, but she grew resent towards you because of you being gone, which you couldn't help. Yeah, when I was in the uh-huh. military. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. And maybe that was that was the wound. That probably was. Yeah. Uh huh. But that's you know she tried to kind of get get even by then deciding she wanted to be gone all the time. Yeah. Which created resentment from my end. Uh huh. 
Yeah, I know. Because uh-huh. she could have. And you can't, it. you can't play that game. Mm-hmm. It, nobody ever wins. <laughs> you can't go back and forth. You won. Oh, I did. Yeah, I guess I did. You hit the freaking jackpot. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> but you know, I, I think that you know the, those wounds are, are are that other piece outside of the you know the PDA going away. Maybe there's that wound or something that has happened that that argument, that red flag, that sign, that that issue that isn't really getting resolved or worked out. Um, and like I said, with the other stuff, it, it just preoccupies the space that would. It becomes a roadblock to intimacy mm-hmm. by having that there. Yeah, I know. And sometimes you don't know what that is. Yeah. You, if if you're on the if you're on the receiving end trying to get back in, and they won't tell you what it is, because I think sometimes the partner that doesn't want to have sex or be intimate with the other one feels bad about saying why they don't want to. I know because I, I, sometimes they feel like it's. Well, it's hurtful. It, it can be hurtful. Uh-huh. It, it would hurt man or woman if their partner said, I'm just not attracted to you. Yeah. And they, they don't know a way to say that. So they try to find other ways around it mm-hmm. because that statement would be very hurtful. Mm-hmm. And you can't, that's something you can't take back. And that's something that your partner can't do. I know. Usually, uh-huh. if especially, I mean, I, I guess in the instance where someone, you know, quote unquote, let themselves go, there may be a fix there. But you find out sometimes that it really may not be about you letting themselves go. I mean, I, I, I've said it before, kind of. I think that I think that my ex lost attraction to me because I lost my hair. Mm-hmm. What I mean, and you can't do anything. What am I going to do about that? Uh-huh. You know, I know. And then you did say that. You know, to her, um, I not defense, but like she she had the right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she had the right to to say that she wasn't attracted. Yeah, you to you, you can't control. You're, you can't how, force someone to be attracted. If right. someone wants a man with a thick, full head of hair, and they don't have it, that it's I mean, unfair would, to say, well, you're shallow because you don't like. I because once again, I. I I will defend her in <laughs> that, that. Uh-huh. because I'm allowed to have my taste and my opinions on what I find attractive. Uh-huh. It's just a shitty deal that it happens to your partner. I know. And you would think that it would be like, well, I love them no matter what, unconditionally. Which you still can love somebody uh-huh. and not be attracted to them. Right. I know. But people can't seem to separate that. Because uh-huh. that's the first thing you'll... You'll, you'll hear somebody say something. Well, not first thing, but you'll hear them say, well, don't you love me anymore? It's uh-huh. like, yes, I do love you. Uh-huh. But I think I've used the analogy about friends and family. I can love a, I can love a handful of people that I don't want to have sex with at all. Mm-hmm. They're two completely different things. Yeah. But in a relationship, we tend to tie them together. Yeah. And think, well, if you loved me enough, you would want to have sex with me. Yeah. When the triggers that create love for a partner are completely different than the triggers that make you sexually attracted to someone. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, and, like, I think that um, that being, like, when you know, when you start to, I guess, realize, or you, you probably, it's too late, you've already realized that you're not, that you guys are roommates, and you mm-hmm. start telling your friends, and your friends are, 
are asking that question, like, well, don't you love him? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah, right. I love him. Like, he's my best friend. And mm-hmm. and uh, at that point, you're probably, you're still like, and we're, we'll be friends forever. I know right. I was. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you, you start saying that to your friends and stuff. And you friend zone your own partner. Yes, you do. That's what you end up doing. Uh-huh. You send your own partner straight to the friend zone. Yeah. And it may not necessarily that they're looking for intimacy from anyone else. It doesn't mean that they're trying to cheat or they even want to cheat. Mm-hmm. Some people get, I don't know if I'd say burned out, but I, I think there, there are some people that just are not sexually active. Oh, yeah. Like they, they just don't, they don't have those, those senses because you know, maybe they've never had the right type of sex. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is just something that they just don't find a lot of value or that much pleasure in as mm-hmm. somebody else. But that's kind of goes back to the compatibility thing I know, big time. Because you need to be sexually right. compatible as well. And like I've said before, and you have to be attracted here, to your partner. Yeah, you have to be attracted to him. I think I've said on here before that if you're in that early phase, whether you're dating, engaged, newlyweds, whatever it is, if you're in that early phase and you already don't think that your partner's having enough sex with you, it is not going to ever become more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's only going to get worse or stay the same. Yeah. So if you want sex five times a week and your partner's already only having sex with you twice, that's your new standard. That's the most you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Maybe your birthday week or anniversary week, you may get an extra day yeah. or something. But your new standard is that. Uh-huh. It's probably never going to get better. I know. Yeah. I mean, I think that the sexual compatibility thing, or the, the sex thing is the biggest piece um, with all of it because, oh, yeah. because that's, that is really how you realize that mm-hmm. you guys are roommates. That you're roommates because the sex has stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know that we, we had talked about some of the other, the other things that happen. Mm-hmm. What, what were, what were some of the other ones that we had discussed? Um, As we talked about the, you know, of course the, the PDA, uh-huh. the wounds, uh-huh. Oh, your priorities. Yes, yes, your priorities. Um, some of the things that people do are to almost make the excuse to not have sex is they start focusing on other things. Mm-hmm. Um, for people with kids, that usually tends to be what they focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and usually that's the woman. Yeah. I don't think there's very many guys that are like, I just can't turn off my daddy button today and have sex with you. <laughs> right. I've been running around with the kids all day, taking them to soccer practice, making lunches, Packing backpacks, helping with homework. My daddy switch just can't turn off so I can have sex with you. Mm-hmm. When you put it that way, it sounds really stupid. <laughs> well, I think the way you say it. <laughs> I, I would like to hear it in a way where I wouldn't think it sounded stupid. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. But anyway, so I think that that's mainly a woman thing that uh-huh. uses the kids yeah, as the excuse as to why so they too. don't want to have sex uh-huh. anymore. But it's not always just the woman. It's not always uh-huh. just the woman. Men will use Work. careers, jobs, stress. Uh-huh. Um, both partners, both sexes will use family. Uh-huh. Yes. My sister really needs me right now uh-huh. or or you know, I'm dealing with this with my family or 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 whatever, you know. And they'll they'll die on that hill 
mm-hmm. with using the family's excuse as to why they're not intimate with their own partner, who yeah. should be the most important, quote-unquote, family member you have yes. is your partner uh-huh. above everybody else. Um, but they'll use those as excuses and new priorities to focus on to keep from having to, to focus on your partner sex and, yeah. have, and focus on your partner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't necessarily have to be just the sex that you are. I mean, obviously it's going to be sex as well, mm-hmm. but everything with your partner, you know, like just ignoring them and not listening mm-hmm. to anything that they have to say. And, um, I guess just tuning Tuning your partner out. Um, I mean, I know that I felt tuned out in my previous relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not a fun feeling at all. I'm glad that you actually listened to me. What are we talking about? (laughs) And we have a good conversation. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and we we were talking about that today. And, you know, I don't know if I want to get down that path as far as what people actually have to say. Mm -hmm. But I think that if your partner decides they don't care about what you want to talk about, that's a, that's a pretty big red flag. Yeah. But you need to make sure that what you're talking about actually has a freaking point. (laughs) Or is is it the same old nagging? Are Uh you making your partner tune out? Are you bitching and whining and complaining about the same stupid shit every single day? To where they're like, I've heard this a hundred times. Yeah, but on the flip side, are you the dumbass partner that is making your partner nag you for those dumbass things every day? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, it has to be, yes, you have to have a point, but at the same time, like... If it's a dumbass partner doing dumb shit, then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think I, I, I'm really kind of referring to that that partner that always complains about work. Everything. Uh-huh. Everything's awful at work. Yeah. Everything's awful with coworkers. Boss is an asshole. Coworkers are bitches and idiots. And, and it's just complain, 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 complain. And you've just become that soundboard for them to verbally yeah. complain about everything to. And it's just like, okay, I've heard this uh-huh. every day over dinner for the last five years. Either shut up or quit your job. <laughs> but they aren't going to listen. To anything that you have to say. Yeah. Because they're just complaining mm-hmm. and you're not listening to what they have to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, but I think with, even with all that being said, your, your, your partner should be the one that you can go to that stuff with. I, I know. You know, yeah. I guess to be fair. Yeah. Uh, they, they, sh- they should be yeah. your soundboard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that you listen to. Cause you don't, you don't want you. your partner to start using someone else's soundboard. Mm-hmm. That's no. how they, that's how they reprioritize and build different connections. Yeah. And then they get a work husband mm-hmm. and then. Yeah. Especially if you're what they're complaining about. All yes. The and that's what I was. Well, that's what you were yeah. to me. <laughs> If you're complaining to your partner about everything they do wrong and they quit listening, you're going to continue to complain to anybody that will listen. And yeah. chances are it's going to be some guy mm-hmm. that listens and says, well, if you weren't, if you were my boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever, I wouldn't put you through that. Yeah, well, you didn't, you didn't do that. You didn't say that to no. me. But, but that's, I mean, that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. is you, you just swooped on in. Yep. <laughs> I was like, Shoot. I can, out, I can outshine this dude all day. 
just yeah. going to look you in the eye and nod my head and, <laughs> and listen to you talk. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> but what else were we were we saying, though? Well, I, I think, you know, looking looking for those things that... Are they starting to happen? Have they happened? Have, has their focus shift? Has their priorities changed? But even if you've gone through that, let, let's say you're 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 knee deep in roommate land. Mm-hmm. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Is there hope to get that spark back? Is there a method or a way that a partner can change that? And I think that that's that can be a very loaded question. Mm-hmm. Because I think that in some cases, depending on the size of that wound, depending on that sexual compatibility and attraction, sometimes I think there are some things that just aren't enough to fully get you out of that. Mm-hmm. But I think for others, if, if if there's not a wound there, if there's still a decent level of compatibility, you need to be open to alternatives or really any means necessary to get the spark back. Yeah, um, I know. If, if you look at your relationship and your marriage um, like, like a living being thing that is the most important thing out there, then you can compare this to your own body and your own health and your own well-being, and you get, you get diagnosed with a terminal illness. And that's what becoming roommates are. That's a terminal illness for your relationship. Mm-hmm. If you had a terminally ill disease for yourself, are you one of those type of people that would roll over and throw it up in the air and just say, well, it's all in God's hands? Or are you one of those people that will actually fight that terminal illness and do whatever it takes and try any method to ensure your own survival? I think a lot of people would actually do everything to... Yeah, you would want to do anything and everything you can to get well. And that's Mm -hmm. the same way that people should look at their relationship. Mm -hmm. If your relationship was diagnosed with a terminally ill disease, like being roommates, are you willing and ready to do anything you can to save it? And if your answer is no, then you've got one ending to that situation, and that's that relationship's got to die. Yeah. But if you say, you know what, it is the most important thing to me, I will try anything. And and brace yourself because that may be weird. It may be weird and it's going to, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone, Uh you know, and and you're going to have to do things. And you're going to have to force things. Force things (laughs) and try all kinds of stuff. But if you try everything out there, something will stick and something will help, hopefully. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. You know? Yeah. But you, you have to be all in. Both partners have to be yes, all in. Yes, in that's, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Because if both partners aren't all in on it, then it's pointless to even try. It sucks to say that. Yeah. But it's the truth. And yeah. it's not going to work out if you both aren't all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I think that I mean, we, we've, we've talked about that with... I think we discussed it on the religious episode. I mean, that, that's one of the, the most frustrating thing that one-sided relationships go through is being one-sided. It's one person feels like they're the only ones that care. 
you know, and if you're on that sinking ship with two people and one person's got the bucket dumping water over the side and the other one's just sitting there, mm-hmm. it's going to sink. You can't keep up with that. Yeah. Um, so your partner needs to at least be, if you're the one that feels you've been slighted, if you're the one that feels like you've been friend-zoned by your own partner, and you're the one that feels like you're putting forth all the effort, you need to look for at least some little signs and indicators from your partner that they still care. Yeah. And and some of that is going to, it can't be passively revealed. It has to take communication and conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, I think most partners, if, if, if a woman sat her husband down and said, you know what, I care about this relationship, I it looks like it's headed down a very, very bleak path, are you willing to do whatever it takes with me to save this relationship? I think most partners would say yes. Mm-hmm. Unless they have already kind of planned this out in their head and know that this isn't going anywhere, mm-hmm. and, and they're kind of looking for the a way out. the most appropriate way to have that clean break. Uh-huh. But at least if that happens at that point, you don't have to worry about. You know, I'm in cells, and I would rather a client just tell me "fuck off," I'm not interested. Yeah. Than not return any of my calls or answer me or. There's a lead me on for nothing. Right. Quit wasting my time. Right. At least give me the clean break uh-huh. so I can move on to something else. Uh-huh. And that may be a cold calculating way to look at a relationship, but the same concept applies. Mm-hmm. Are you going to drag this poor son of a bitch along for years and keep your own husband in the friend zone? I, I say husband, but it goes both ways. Yeah, both keep ways. your own partner in the friend zone with them hoping that it's going to get better when you don't have the balls to end the relationship but you don't have the commitment to the relationship to fucking change it. I know. You have to decide. Either end it or fix it. Uh-huh. But don't stay in this horribly uncomfortable and dysfunctional limbo phase. Yeah, is it important to you or not? Yeah. Make the freaking decision. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, we think that it's okay. <laughs> Just end it. Yeah. But if there are indicators, if, if your partner... Is putting forth the effort. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. If there, if you give throw out five ideas, and, and you you can even you know since since the roommate thing happens about sex, we'll make it about sex. If you say okay, we don't have the spark. Here's five options. Please pick one for us to try. Let's go to the drive-in movies and and make out in the back seat like we're sixteen. Yeah. Let's go get a porn and watch it. Mm-hmm. Let's. Give each other a sexy massage. Yeah. Let's play a sexy dice board game. Mm-hmm. What would be a good fifth one? Um, Let's have a threesome? No. No. That's <laughs> never teasing. a good decision. We've talked about that one before yeah. on here. What would be a good fifth one? Let's uh, let's role play. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So you give them five options. Yeah. And, and, and like we said... All of these may be uncomfortable to you at first. Then refer back to our Just Say Yes episode. Yes! Just say yes! Uh, but <laughs> so, so, once again, options are make out like you're 16, get a porn, play a sexy dice game. Yeah. And then role play. Or role play. No, there was another oh, one. Oh, where was another one? Uh, shoot! <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> what was it? Oh my gosh, that's going to drive me nuts. Oh, sexy massage. Yes. Okay, and, and then role play. Uh huh. And they're like, Ugh. You know, let's 
I'm I'm tense and sore. Let's let's try the sexy massage thing. Uh-huh. That's a good thing. Yeah. Especially if you've never done it before. Uh-huh. And we've talked on here about the sexy massage thing. Yeah. How hot that can be and how yeah. fun that can Lighting be. Lighting candles. Yeah, and if you're the one the mood. doing it. Yeah, it's not, well, let me rub your shoulders and then it's time to go to pound town. That's not <laughs> what we're talking about. <laughs> right. Set, be a little romantic. Have yeah. some sexiness in there. Yeah. You know, make it out like they're showing up to your massage parlor and you're the head masseuse. Well, and then you, and then that turns into another little role play. Yeah, you just kind of start your own role play. Yeah. Oh, geez, you're really tense today. Uh huh. You must have a really hard, hard job. Tell me about it. Yeah. Is that the only hard thing going on? <laughs> you know, you can have fun with yes, it. Yes, yes, you can. It's, but if they say yes to one of those, that's a really good sign. Mm-hmm. That means they still see value in the relationship. Yes. Uh huh. If they say no, I'm not doing those. Give me five more options. I, I, right now, I don't even think I could think of five more <laughs> options to give them that wouldn't be that would be less threatening than that. Uh-huh. Those are all pretty easy. To those should be. I mean, if you're with a complete goals, if, if I just listed off those five things and you're like, man, my partner and I've never done any of those. You're with a freaking prude. Yeah. I mean, I big time. Yeah. You haven't done any of that. I know. Get out of here. <laughs> You're listening to the wrong podcast, people. <laughs> no, they're listening to the right podcast. Oh, yeah, podcast you're listening to the right one, yeah. Because we're telling them, fucking try this shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and like you bringing up the the making out in the backseat like you're teenagers. Like, our, our first, our first date. date, that's what we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you were almost 30, and I was in my 30s. Yeah, I know. Parking behind the school, making out. Oh, my out. gosh. Yeah. In my truck, fogged up windows and everything. <laughs> it's fun. It was. It really was. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it'd be fun for anybody. And then, I mean, you, you see, like, TV shows about, you know, like, parents getting caught making out or something, mm-hmm. and you're like... And it's funny. Yeah. And yeah, it's fun to to do and just play around with even mm-hmm. that. And then hopefully the you know it spices things up and yeah, you start start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Start somewhere with and, it. And and maybe maybe even a step back from that would be let's let's weekend let let's weekend let's let's have a nice romantic date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hold hands, mm-hmm. you know, in in the car, and yeah. and then and be a gentleman and open the door mm-hmm. for her, you know, the car door and all that. Oh, it's funny tonight we were actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I, I have a remoteless start vehicle. Uh huh. No, or, not remoteless, no, but <laughs> remote. Remote start. Yeah. I don't have to, you know, I, I don't have to put a key in the ignition or anything. They just right. have it in the car, like a lot of cars are today. Uh-huh. But the the battery in my in my key, key fob key fob whatever. is dead, uh-huh. and I've never had to use the actual key, uh-huh. and it's hidden in the in the key fob piece. Yeah, so you have to like take it apart. Yeah, and so then, yeah. I can't unlock the door remotely for for you. Mm-hmm. So we're coming out of the store, and I I pull the key out. To go over there, and I've never to like unlock to the door unlock for me. The door, like with an old school key, <laughs> and the passenger side does not have a keyhole. Yeah, we were like, what? <laughs> and I've had this car <laughs> since 2013, 14, 2014, 2014, and we've had it five knew years. That. Had no idea there was no keyhole on uh-huh. the passenger side of the car. <laughs> yeah, there's not one on the trunk either. Oh wow, I know because it's isn't. just that, that uh-huh. flip. 
So yeah. you can only get in the driver's side door. That's funny. Yeah, we just realized. But I was trying today. to be a gentleman. You were. Yeah. Backfired. <laughs> yeah, I did. Open your own damn door. <laughs> I tried. But, you know, I, yeah, I, I think that even something, if you want to take out the sexy massage and the porn and all that stuff and just, if they're really that prudish or you really just need to kind of dip your toes in the water to try to get this some kind of spark back, nice romantic sexy dinner's good. Yeah. And I making, think, making a dinner. Yeah. Too. Yeah, make a nice uh-huh. dinner. Or a nice breakfast, mm-hmm. even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that most guys don't know how to romanticize their partner. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to them just wanting to have sex. And they get tunnel vision on just the sex part and not anything leading up to it. Yeah. But I think that even, even outside of, of just trying to get to that point, reconnecting even in a non-sexual way, can benefit the sex down the road. Mm-hmm. Talking about your day again, sharing things that you enjoy about your partner, sharing things that you like and respect about your partner, paying them compliments. Yes, I think um, compliments is a big one. Acknowledging their contribution to the relationship or the household or the family or the the good job or the I'm proud of yous or, or things like mm-hmm. that. Those are ways to at least emotionally start getting those cylinders to re refire. I know. And, and, and it'll make your partner smile. It, yeah. And, and that's something I never tried any of those with my ex because you felt she didn't deserve it. Yeah. I mm-hmm. was so resentful for how she had <clears throat> dismissed me. I chose not to force those mm-hmm. type of compliments. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she, Graduated college, and I didn't tell her, good job, or I'm proud of you. Because the whole time she's doing it, she slighted, from my perspective, she slighted me and my son on mm-hmm. her. Her focus was education at that point. Yeah. And that was number one priority. Uh-huh. So I, I, didn't, I, know. Well, I wasn't glad she got it because it was miserable for the years she was trying to, the years that she was heading up to that point. Yeah. So. And, well, and like, you know, how we said earlier that, you know, a woman usually will do the you know, focus on the kid type mm-hmm. thing. But your ex wasn't focused on no, uh-uh. on the kid. She didn't have the typical maternal uh-huh. type she of She was focused on... Her career and mm-hmm. education and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was never like, oh, good for you. I'm so glad you, you got your degree. I'm so glad you got this promotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was... I was like, oh, you should get it because that's all you focus on. Well, you know, and I think that like... I don't know. I, I I was thinking about my old relationship and I was, I was super supportive and, you know, like good job for everything. Yeah. You're, you're a naturally supportive per. It takes a lot for me to even, to, to be fair to my ex, it takes a hell of a lot for me to be like, good job. <laughs> well, you tell, you tell me good job. Well, yeah, but you do a lot. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, you know. I have a, a very star employee that I'm I'm pretty good with that with. Yeah, yeah. He's a freaking rock star. But you have to be in that category. Uh-huh. If you're I, I will never, you know, congratulate you on something you're supposed to do. <laughs> or mediocrity. Yeah. I know. So it, it takes a lot for me to give that acknowledgement uh-huh. anyway. So I always feel forced even doing most of that. It doesn't for me for a lot of I guess outside of you, it, it just doesn't Outside of you and and little Seth, uh-huh. it doesn't come naturally. Yeah. But 
even saying that, I mean, with my ex, it didn't come naturally either. Uh-huh. But it was it was not just my personality mm-hmm. flaw, but it was <laughs> I didn't think she deserved it because I ignored the hard work she put in that because, like I said, I was so resentful for how I felt slighted uh-huh. in her process to get there that I was just like, I'm not, no, I'm not telling you a good job. Yeah, yeah. But I would tell him good mm-hmm. job for everything. Yeah. And, but then like... You know, even if he was clean or something for a while and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, of course you're wanting to encourage. Yeah, you want to encourage that, yeah. that positive, uh-huh. give positive reinforcement, encourage that behavior. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, but then like when he would relapse or something, it was just like, it just felt like, well, what, what was that for? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why do I even try? Yeah. Why do you're I... You're just spinning your wheels, going in circles. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder sometimes what, if our shoes had been flipped, if I had been with an addict and you had been with a, you know, disconnected... Partner. Partner, how each of us would have handled those situations. Because my personality... For me to save myself is more suited dealing with somebody that won't save their self. So me dealing with an addict would be, I would be probably more hard-nosed uh-huh. than you were. But I see you being more forceful and accomplished with someone that would be disconnected. Really? Yeah. Like how? Like what do you mean? Just because I think that how you, how you do provide that encouragement and mm-hmm. those compliments... And words. Those fall on deaf ears with an addict. Yeah. But for someone that's disconnected, that may help. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's true. Well, I'm the, you know, <laughs> pull your head out of your fucking ass. Uh-huh. I, I can't deal with a disconnected person, but I can deal with a, I say deal. I, I can at least communicate more effectively. They may not like the way I communicate, but I can at least openly <laughs> communicate with, with, you know, somebody that's not given their best or given 100% or lazy or, uh-huh. or doing something self-destructive. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's so funny. So it, it's almost like each of those problems would have been better suited for the other one. Uh-huh, I know. But yeah, but luckily it wasn't. I know. Because we may have saved those relationships. <laughs> I know, and not gotten to this awesome mm-hmm. relationship that we have now. <laughs> no. But, you know, I, I think that there's... Opening up the communication again and, and developing some kind of connection uh, outside of an intimate level, even starting at that emotional level, is is, is going to be key to that first step mm-hmm. to getting in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, and and but like you said earlier, like if you are already, you know, you you have enough in common, you're doing mm-hmm. fun things together, but it's the intimacy. Then you do really need to start with. With the intimacy part. Yeah. Well... And, but you could still start slow. But, I, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I went through, and I, and I, I, don't, I don't share this a lot, but I'll share it on just because there may be other people going through it. One of the things that I would do, which I handled wrong, was if, if I felt intimately ignored and there was no sex, I would do the quote-unquote right things throughout the day. I, I would I would pay the compliments. I would try to connect. My motive was to get to the intimacy piece. Yeah. And I expected immediate results. Uh-huh. That's, I expected yeah. throughout the day, well, 
you know, I've, you know, we, we've had a, I, I, I remember I would say to her, we've had a great day. Why, why are you going to ruin it now? Mm-hmm. When I, I didn't want to look at it long term to continually do those right things. I wanted an immediate payoff almost yeah. for the efforts that I was, was putting in. And I think a lot of guys are like that. If your partner is having a problem, an issue, they have that wound, they have that insecurity, they have those intimacy issues, whatever's going on, it's a process mm-hmm. to get back to where you were at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's not something that's going to happen over a weekend. It's not something that's going to happen if you take a week retreat to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. You can't get the spark back that quickly. And I think people want that immediate result. I know. Well, and that's why people go on those types of yeah. uh, like it, we've seen that couples too. retreats and stuff. And we've then seen it, people take that last ditch mm-hmm. effort and surprise, and surprise, they still work. got fucking divorced. Yeah, because you can't. Reclaim your marriage in a week. Uh-huh. Even if that's the title of the stupid-ass conference you're trying to attend. And it may be fun, and it, you may be, you know, have that spark while you're there, but you have to freaking continue it mm-hmm. every single day. You have to figure out how to light that fire in your standard life. Mm-hmm. It's easy to light the fire when the kids you're aren't gone. around, uh-huh. when you're out of town, when you're living on the beach for a week, when you're on a cruise ship, when you're... You know, on vacation and, and you get to walk the beach at night and have candlelit dinners outside and room service. Romantic. Yeah. If you can't even find romance in that, you're a lost cause. But oh, most people still can. Uh-huh. And they're like, well, why, what happened? Well, real life happened. If you can't keep that fire and that spark going in real life, that's where you need to focus on. And that's why trying to, quote unquote, get away for a while doesn't work. Mm-hmm. No. It doesn't. It has to be something that you can work on and implement in your everyday life. Yes. Uh-huh. So the these little, you know, quick fix schemes that people have. We forgot to put the water bowl up, so. Oh, yeah. Doony's over there getting a drink right now. <laughs> Maybe our new microphone on that, at least. Maybe. I know. Cut it out. We'll have to see. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's why those little quick fixes don't work, uh-huh. because it's a completely different element. Um. You know, one of the things that you, you see that with a lot of stuff, people go into rehab and they're like, oh, I'm clean. Well, no shit, you're clean. You haven't had access to drugs for the last 30 days. Yeah. You didn't accomplish anything. Uh-huh. That's a harsh statement. <laughs> you didn't accomplish anything where you had the outside factors. It was the same right. thing with fat camp. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you're going to lose weight at a fat camp. You're going to lose weight on The Biggest Loser because everybody took what's harming you out. But when you get back to the real world, the success rate for all of that stuff is very low. And it's the same thing with your relationship. If you get away from your day-to-day life and you put yourself in an environment where the kids aren't a factor, stress isn't a factor, job isn't a factor, your issues with your family aren't a factor. It's la-la land. Yeah, you're in a vacuum where you aren't having no distractions and you're like, oh, everything's great. Mm -hmm. But you can't replicate that. In real life. Yeah. So you have to figure it out in real life. Mm-hmm. IRL. <laughs> IRL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. You, I mean, you need to do... I, I like how you said it. Like, figure it out for each day. Mm-hmm. Every day. And, like what you said, you can't just expect it to, it happen, overnight. to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. 
and how you did expect. And even with my ex, he expected me to be okay with, you know, him being clean for, you know, just yeah a week or something. Like, oh, I haven't done this in a week. Aren't you proud of me? It's yeah. Like, well, yeah, I'm proud of you, but... We continue it. Yeah, yes. keep going. You're, you're not at the finish line. You just started the race. You have a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, you know, depending on... And once again, with you and I, the way our personalities are and we're different, you are better at encouraging during those little baby steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but people nowadays, they want you know, a big pat on the back for taking those little baby steps. Yeah. And so that's something that I'm not very good at handling Uh because I'm like, you do shit. What (laughs) do you mean? You're bad. Yeah. I'm like, you're bad. Thank God. I'm not, I'm not like bad at stuff. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. You'd be, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. You'd never, you'd never get any compliments. Yeah. But I, I think that that, that's where if, you know, if I was in that situation, that's something that I would have to work on. Right. Yes, um, I know. To make sure that I was. Uh-huh. So if you're like Seth. <laughs> yeah, figure out how to be more complimentary. We, well, we watched. Well, not necessarily complimentary. Cause you encouraging. Yeah. yeah. Yes, encouraging. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We watched the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary. Yes. And I, really I thought good. watching that would turn on my internal Mr. Rogers and didn't. <laughs> I just realized how nice Mr. Rogers was and how complete opposite I am from <laughs> Mr. Rogers. I know. That's funny. <laughs> Which I grew up watching Mr. Rogers. You'd think that he would have had a bigger influence on me. He had a huge influence on my life. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I'm a good I remembered person. everything from the show. I watched it all the time. <laughs> yeah. all, all that stuff. All that PBS stuff. I grew up watching that. didn't... Didn't do shit. I, I do say cut the funding to PPS. It didn't work on me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shut up. You're awful. But, you know, I, I think that knowing where your own weaknesses are and mm-hmm. what you have to work on to encourage your partner to try to ignite that spark, that that's something you have to identify and admit that that's a weakness for you. And what are you going to do to fix that? Yeah, because it's not all, always just your partner's fault. Mm-hmm. Ever. You both are in it together, and you do have to realize those little things. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to it? Uh, you know, with, with this one, I, I don't think so. Like, like we said at the beginning, it's it's something that I think happens a lot more than people want to admit. It's mm-hmm. It's one of those things that sometimes only you and your partner know that that's going on. Yeah. Um, some people are more private than those that have shared that experience with us. I, I would imagine for the handful of people that have shared that with us, there's many, many more that haven't shared it with anybody. Mm-hmm. So it may be a very private problem mm-hmm. that I, I, I didn't talk about it with anybody. I was that private person. Nobody knew that my ex and I were roommates. I didn't talk about it until after. Yeah. I, I never told anybody during this, the thing I... Even to the point that if somebody else was having those problems, I probably would have been like, oh, it sucks to be you. I wouldn't have even wanted to share my experience with someone that was going through it with me. Wow. Um, because I think that, I think for guys, and I don't know, I don't know how, how women feel about it, of course, but for a man, it was, it was almost like a masculine issue. Like, mm-hmm. 
like uh well because then you would know that you you guys aren't having sex yeah uh-huh. and, and, and admitting and that a guy would assume that well you're gonna judge my manhood based on the fact that my own partner doesn't want to have sex with me yeah that i must be doing something wrong and that's that's kind of how you feel like well what am i doing wrong because yeah. if i was doing everything right you would want to when uh-huh. sometimes it's not anything you've done it's something that they need to fix but you don't want to assign that blame to them Mm-hmm. You need to help them fix it. Mm-hmm. I know. If they're worth fixing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's. I guess that's always the catch-22 with what I say about my previous relationship, was I'm so glad that it, that didn't, it ended. Yeah, <laughs> that you guys didn't try to yeah. fix it. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that pretty much wraps it up, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and feel free to reach out to us. Yeah. I'm glad that... That you know, more people are starting to reach out mm-hmm. to us and and ask us questions and yeah, we we, and we like have, having the conversation. Yeah, we, we like really looking at things, especially if it's something that we haven't talked about mm-hmm. on here before. It gives us you know because we have a list of things we we are going to get to and we want to talk about. But having those questions about wow, you know what we haven't covered that that would be something that we we could address. And and like you said, we can't believe that we haven't talked about this. Yeah. Over the last, you know, more than a year we've been doing it because it's, I think it's a very, very common problem and, oh, and, yeah. and a hidden hot topic that mm-hmm. people just don't want to admit to and yeah. they don't publicly talk about a lot. I know. Uh-huh. So you're welcome. <laughs> if you have any questions, <laughs> yeah, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we're, you know, we're always here. You can message us on Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram and or even email us mm-hmm. directly. Yep. Um, but yeah, as always, thank you all for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and follow or listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks.